0: Gideon in his story. This is where God chooses to show up. And and before we go any further, I just want to ask a question. Wouldn't you like to know what God thinks about Gideon in this moment? Wouldn't it be interesting to know what God thinks of people when they're in wine press experiences? Wouldn't, Wouldn't you like to know what God would say to a person who's experiencing what he's experiencing. Have you ever wondered, what does God think of me when I'm here? Today we get to find out. and It's interesting. God comes onto the scene. It says, the angel of the Lord found Gideon on the threshing floor in this wine press. And he comes with these words. The angel of the Lord speaks these words to Gideon. The Lord is with you mighty warrior and when I read that a couple of weeks ago I said that is just downright mean <laughs> I mean that's kicking a dog when he's down right I mean it's just it's just like God don't you know the state that Gideon's in he's not feel like a mighty warrior but see we have to look at this from God's perspective from God's point of view as well see his perspective on this whole thing is is during the seven years of the invasion and this, the, this oppression, the Israelites started to call out to God and he heard their cry. And, and just so you know, God, it wasn't like God didn't know that this had happened, it wasn't coincidence. He was actually very aware. In fact, the text tells us that God, had, had, he was the one that actually delivered the Israelites into the hands of the Midians, he's the one that allowed that to happen. And here's why, is because the Israelites had chosen a path that led away from him. And, and he said, don't do that. You don't want to, you, you're my people. <laughs> see, see you're, you're, you are my people. And, and if you go that way, if you take their gods, if you do their things, that's not going to be great for you. And it got to the point where God's like, okay, if that's the way you want to go, I'll let you go that way. See, God, this is important. If I, if I lost any of you, come back for just a second because this is important to hear. God does not shield us from the consequences of our dumb decisions. A lot of times, God doesn't shield us from the consequences of our dumb decisions. He lets us walk that path, and he lets us get bruised and scraped up in hopes that we realize, oh, I don't want to do that again. And in hopes that we will come back, and he does that because he loves us. And likewise, we see in the book of Judges, where we're reading from today, we have this cycle where the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. That's the phrase that keeps coming up. Don't put that on yet. This the, the cycle of the, the Israelites. It says again they did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and and then they they were delivered into the hands of the Midianites, and then after the, after desperation, we see them always cry out to the Lord. And the Lord, listen to this. This is so important. Did you know that God listens to the desperate prayers from desperate people in desperate times of their own making? Did you know that? That God listens to those prayers uh, from desperate people, desperate times uh, of their own making. It's they, they they took themselves there and God listens to those prayers. See, the, the, the when the nation of Israel would turn their back on God, he would let them. But when they would turn back to him, he would turn back to them. And it's the same with you. And it's the same with me. It's the same with us. See, and the Lord was, I see, at this point in time, the Lord was on a mission to find, he'd heard the cry of his people, and he was on a mission to find a hero. And that mission brought him to the wine press, saying these words The Lord is with you, Gideon, mighty warrior. <laughs> Imagine what Gideon was thinking. He's like, Is this a joke? <laughs> God, I'm hiding right now. Like, I, I'm, I'm a coward. I, I'm in the wrong place. This is not where you do this, right? That, you might have been thinking this. This is what Gideon said. This is Judges 13. Gideon says this. He says, pardon me, Lord, which is, this is great. He's, like, really polite to God through this whole thing. It's kind of cute. Pardon me, Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, and this is a great question, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But the Lord, now the Lord, has abandoned us and given us into the hands of the Midianites. But Lord, Lord, listen, listen, Gideon says, if you're with us, then why is this happening to us? You've asked similar questions before. I have. Like, if God is good, then why the bad? If God loves me, why are these bad things happening? If God is so powerful, why can't I see it? See, what what Gideon's saying here, he's like, where are all the wonders that our ancestors told us about when he said, he's like, yeah, I've I've heard about what you've done, but I've heard about it in history books, not in headlines. I've heard about what you did hundreds of years ago, but what, what have you done today, God? You ever thought things like that? All these great stories that you hear about, but they never happened to you. Did you know that it's okay to ask questions like that? Did uh, Did you know that it's okay to ask questions? God, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I believe those those stories happen, and if they did happen, I'm not sure what they have to do with me. That's what Gideon was saying here. Do you know that there's so many of these occurrences like this in the Bible that that we have to pay attention to them and say, it's okay. We can learn that God is okay with us doubting. He's gracious when we ask these questions. He's gracious when Gideon asked him. Look at this in verse 14. This is the Lord's reply to what he just said. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of the Midianites of the Midian's hands. Am I not sending you cricket, 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 cricket? That's that's what I picture having like just a blank stare on Gideon's face. Like, Am I not sending you? <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you just hear me? I'm not, okay, I'm not a warrior, first off. Second, I kind of am doubting you. Like, like, I'm I, not sure if you're real, God. See, but this is where, like, am I not sending you, if this was a movie, this is when the good music would start. You know, dun, 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 bum, bum, bum. Gideon kind of stands up straight. And he st- goes outside and he starts doing something. He starts training, and then there'd be that movie montage where, you know, like time passes and, and Gideon gets ripped and stuff like that. You know, like he's going to do something big for God. But that's not this story. You know why? This is real life. Because Gideon was scared. Because Gideon doubted himself, he doubted God. Am I not? Sending you? Pardon me, my Lord. Gideon replied, verse 15. But how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. Pause. Manasseh was one of 12 tribes in Israel, and it wasn't a very strong tribe. Unpause. And I am the least in my family. In other words, he's saying, I am a nobody, I'm not from a great tribe. And I'm not, and even from that, I'm in a weak clan, and I'm the weakest in my family. I am a nobody. This is the equivalent of us saying, but God, I only went to junior college. Translation, I, I didn't even go to college. Or I didn't do very well in college. See, see, Gideon is doing what you and I do when we're faced with something big. We tend to focus on the things that make us feel small. I'm too young. I mean, yeah, yeah, everybody. I know people who know what they want to do with their lives. I'm, that's not, I don't. Too old. Too broke. Too average. Too shy. When we're faced with something big, a lot of times we focus on the things that make us feel small, and we dwell on that, and then we do nothing. That's what Gideon's doing right here. I'm a nobody. Nobody. Sorry God, and here's the other thing that happens when we do that when we focus on those things. we develop something I like to call not meitis. Not meitis is this idea of like well yes there's there's people who can do great things out there, but not me but that's not me. I mean look at them, they're so incredible, and oh, they can do so much, but that's not me because I'm too fill in the blank what fill it in the blank, whatever it is for you was what was what what's yours I'm just too. And not meitis is chronic among us. It's fatal for our confidence. This is what Gideon's struggling with here. Verse 16, Then the Lord answered, Oh, then, never mind. Must be at the wrong house. (laughs) Now, it didn't say that. I just want to make sure you're paying attention. God didn't say that. Do you know why? Because when he looked at Gideon, he saw something different. He was looking for a hero. And when he went to the wine press that night, he saw a hero. And do you know what I think God's goal was for that day? For that encounter? It was not to dispel all of Gideon's doubt and get him to, you know, go to the eye of the tiger and start training and just never doubt again. And that he that was not his intent for the day, partly because he probably knew that wasn't even possible. Because he had such a low view of himself and he probably had a low view of who God was, and there's so there's just a sordid mess, right? You know what I think God's goal for that day was? Just to give Gideon a glimpse. One glimpse. Of who he was just one if he could just for 30 seconds get Gideon to see himself the way that he saw Gideon it would change everything and friends it's the same for you and for me this is so cool do do you know put put the big idea up on the board God doesn't need us to be completely confident in what he can do. He just needs us to be a little bit more confident than we are right now. I'm, I'm convinced of this. God doesn't need us to have 100% confidence and never doubts, and then, and then he can use us. Then, then, look out. Then we're going to do something big. See, what we learned through the story of Gideon, and I'll explain a little bit more, The kind of go fast through the rest of the Gideon story, It's fascinating Because this guy's never really fully confident, and yet God uses him to do big stuff. And the same thing can be for you. Because God doesn't need us to be completely confident in him in order to do what he wants to do. He just needs us to be a little bit more confident than we are right now. And honestly, if he could just give you a glimpse, 30 seconds... It, it would it might change your life, it might change everything, but it might uh, honestly what realistically might happen, it might change you enough that you can do today and tomorrow with confidence. And see, this is so cool to me. I love this. Because I don't feel like a hero a lot of times. I feel pretty average. I've had pretty bad cases of not and yet, here in these stories, we see God approaching somebody who's not confident in, this, in themselves. And even when they make it clear, like God, you got the wrong guy, he won't give up on him. He's doing the same with you, with me. He won't, he won't give up on you. He'll keep coming back and kind of tapping you on the shoulder and saying, No, 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 child. I am with you, mighty warrior. Me? Yeah, you. Gideon, if you could just see how I see you. It changed things. Come on. And so he's there. He's, He's pleading with Gideon. Come on, mighty warrior. Come on. Am I not sending you? And I want you to know something. He's doing the same with you right now. He's doing the same with you. And he doesn't need you to be completely confident in what he can do. He just needs you to be a little bit more confident than you are right now. (laughs) At first glance, I was reading through this. I knew I was going to be preaching this, and so three weeks ago I I was reading through it, and I was like, when I read stories, I'm like, okay, what is it about? Like, what's the, you know, like, what's the thing that this story is about? And I, at first I was like, oh, it's about confidence. It's all about unwavering confidence. And then I read it again, and I saw Gideon wavering so many times. I was like, well, it's not about that. And so I decided, I decided that this is a story about mediocre confidence. <laughs> this is about a story about a guy who trusts God Sometimes. <laughs> And the Lord rolls with it. So good. What happens next is through this encounter, he kind of, he's still doubting. He's like, so he does one more thing, and all of a sudden he realizes it's God, and he gets all freaked out. He's like, oh, crap, you know, and then he he gets confidence, and he's he's like, okay, so we're going to overthrow the nation. So this is what he does next. This is hilarious. He sneaks out one night, and he tips over an idol, and then he sneaks back in. (laughs) And he's like, what do you think, God? Do we do it? And yeah, you really showed that idol something. You ever heard of cow tipping? This is like cow tipping, but with idols. And strangely enough, that kind of works like that. actually builds his confidence a little bit more to the point where Gideon then decides... He, he's like, all right, I'm going to send out a message to all of Israel, and I'm going to rally the troops, which is dangerous, right? They're hit, uh, people are hit, hiding everywhere. If the, if the Midians had found out that this message was going out, Gideon could easily have been killed. It's a bold move. And guess what happens? 32,000 men from the, the whole country come together to stand up against the Midianites, which sounds really cool and sounds like that would boost your confidence until you realize that the Midianites... We're 135,000 strong. (laughs) So they're outnumbered what? Like five to one, four to one. And Gideon gets scared again. And this is the classic Gideon. If you grew up in church, you maybe know this story. So Gideon's like, okay, God, yeah, great. We got all these guys, but I'm just not quite sure. Okay, so I'm going to put a fleece out, like a lamb's fleece out. And I want you to make sure, if, if you're with me, in the morning, the lamb's feast should be full of water, but everything else around it will be dry. And the Lord does it. Roll, again, rolls with Gideon. Okay, okay, okay. Super cool. You're with me. Okay, well, just one more, just in case I missed something. Tonight, I'm going to put it out again, and I want that to be dry and everything around it to be wet. The Lord does it. It's like, okay, here we go. And it's the day of the, you know, like he pulls the all of the the soldiers together, the army together, and God's like, okay, you tested me, now it's my turn to test you. (laughs) You got 32,000 men. You have too many men. And the the text says, you have too many men for me to deliver the Midianites into your hands because if I do, you're going to think you did it. So here's what I want you to do, Gideon. I want you to go tell the army, if anyone's scared, they can go home. Again, four to one, five to one, there's some scared dudes, right? So Gideon goes, tells the guys, listen, if you're sh- if you're scared, go home. 22,000 men leave. 10,000 left. 10,000 against 135,000. 13 to 1. God comes. Gideon's like, okay, so God, I don't know how you're going to do this, but I only got 10,000. <laughs> God's like, um, one more. One more round of sifting. Take your men down in the water. And this is really funny. There's some some funny, odd things in the Bible. He says, take your men down to the water. The guys who drink like a dog, I don't want them part of my army. But the guys who are classy and they use their hand as a cup and drink, they can be, they can fight. It's good, you know, that's how you pick an army, I guess. I I don't know. (laughs) Like, 300 men, cup, their hands, the rest of them drink like dogs. And, and Gideon, I can you imagine being Gideon this whole time? Like, just, just no, don't, oh, dang, you were a good warrior, and then he's got to leave, you know, just go home, I guess. And then, this is so cool, so it's down to 300, and, and, and God says, listen, it, even without, you know, you, Gideon for sure is freaking out at this point in time, but the Bible doesn't even say that he says anything. God says, if you're scared, Gideon, I'm going to give you one more sign. If you're doubting that I'm with you through this, I want you to sneak in on the Midianite camp and just listen to what you hear. So Gideon goes, he sneaks in with a couple other guys. And the guys, the Midianites are talking about Gideon and how they're afraid of Gideon. And all of a sudden, Gideon is filled with confidence. He goes back, he's like, guys, we're going to do this you know, the, the, we're, let's make a, a, a small circle here quick, the 300 of us, like, like let's, let's, you know, we're, we're going to do this, and here's how we're, what we're going to do. I want you to get a pot, I want you to get a torch, and I want you to get a trumpet. I'm sorry, what? You know, like, this is a weird game, like scavenger hunt game. Leave the swords. And so these 300 men break up into three groups, and they, and they at night surround the Minionite camp, And and Gideon says, listen, listen, listen for my cue. When I blow the trumpet and when I break my pot and light my torch, you do the same. And so they, they surround the camp, and sure enough, Gideon blows his trumpet, the rest of the guy's and break the pots it's it, it, it's just so odd it just freaked out the midianites and they start turning on each other and fighting each other because they think they're being attacked and then all of a sudden there's this opportunity for them to just rout this huge army and he does so for weeks on end and, and they win there's one more detail i got to share though gideon as he's like okay i'm gonna break the pots we're gonna light the torches blow your trumpet and when you do that i want you to yell for the Lord. It's like, yeah. And for Gideon. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, what is Gideon think? He's like, man, I have had confidence in God for so solid like two weeks right now. I'm super due for this accolade. For the Lord. For Gideon. <laughs> I love the Bible. <laughs> because it's filled with stories and heroes like this that are a lot like me they're a lot like you. They're scared. Josh Donif is confident in the Lord. Sometimes. <laughs> Can I tell you how, where this story hits me right now? Some of you guys know our story of, of how Colorado Life Church came to be, but um, about five years ago, Christy and I got this deep sense that we wanted to be a part of a church that was built from the ground up with the 10,000 people in this town who don't go to church. You don't have to be here long to realize, like, people kind of just don't go to church here. And we started to recognize that, and we said, we want to be a part of a church that's not for, specifically for them, it's for church people as well, but we wanted to be a place where there's the bottom rungs on the ladder for, for if the unchurched came, that there'd be an experience that they could enjoy and, and, and be a part of and that they, could, they could find it meaningful. And we decided we want to be a part of a church that was built from the ground up with the 10,000 plus people in this area that don't go to church I- in mind. And so we started to pray. We started to ask the Lord, let Lord, you know raise up a church or bring a church or show us the church or you know, something. And about a year into it, we got, we, we f- about four years ago, we realized God wants us to start that church. And, and guys, I have to say, I had a really, really bad case of not me when that call came in. I, that was for other people. That's not me. And what was so cool is during that time, God, it, he didn't, it's not, I, it, there was no, Eye of the tiger, and then whoa, we're gonna go and training. It was, it was, but he just gave us just enough confidence to say, "Yes, okay, we we will start a church." God, we had no clue how, we have no clue what we're gonna do or when, or you know, people were. And then, and then a couple months later, he gave us, he gave me specifically, he gave me two men. He gave me Jim Petzel and Scott Brugman, two men who who spoke into me called me Mighty Warrior. And I was like, you, you know, it. you're talking to me, right? Like, no, you. And that gave me just enough confidence that a couple months later, we started telling people that we were going to do this. And then a couple months after that, we started asking people to come along and join us. And we've made a team of people. And then three years ago, we opened up the doors of Colorado Life Church. Some of you were there. Some of you were there shortly after that. And and th- honestly, I'll be completely honest with you. That period of right before and after we started the church, that was the hardest time of my life. I felt so insecure. I felt so threatened. And I've shared with you guys that there are, most of the days I really love what we're doing here, but there's usually one day a week where I wake up in bed and I'm like, what the hell are you doing, Josh Donoff? Like, what, what do you think, where do you get off in thinking that y- that's not you? And it was an up and down, and we got to see life change, and I met, so, I met you all, and it's it's just been this wonderful, messy adventure, and, and I wouldn't change it, there, but there's, there was this one point in time this summer, one of the down times, one of the days that I didn't love, where it, it was a Sunday, and I came to church, and I'm really excited on Sundays, and th- there was 22 people in this room on that Sunday morning, and it hit me hard, but we were still able to have... A good church service, the music was fantastic like it normally is and I preached something and, you know, the day went on and it kind of lingered with me, 22 people all day Sunday and all day Monday, 22 people. Come to staff meeting on Tuesday morning, on Tuesday we have our staff meetings. Jessica Petzel, who some of you know, she lo- runs Kids Life and a lot of other things here. She was the one organizing, we st- always start with prayer and usually some sort of activity that kind of centers us for the day. And she led us in prayer, and then she said, I want us to read the story of Gideon, the story that we just read. And immediately, I just started laughing. I was like, "That you're doing that because there was only 22 people there on Sunday, you know, and the 300, and God can do big things, and that kind of stuff. Come to find out, like, really quickly, she wasn't thinking that. She was just had read it recently or heard it somewhere, and she's like, that would be good to read. It. There's there's some other reason, I can't even remember what it was, that she wanted us to read. It wasn't for that number. And we were kind of laughing about that, and then we are laughing about the parallels and that kind of stuff. And then Jake the drummer finally said, he's like, wait, Josh, what's that number that you always said that you wanted to build Colorado Life Church for? I said, Ten, the 10,000. 10,000 plus people in this tiny little town that don't go to church. He's like, okay. And then he looked up and looked in his Bible Okay, the 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 Midianites had one hundred thirty-five thousand. Gideon had three hundred. What's the ratio there? It's one to four hundred and fifty. What's the ratio between ten thousand and twenty-two? It's creepy. <laughs> it's like it's like four hundred fifty-four. I, I literally like you. You I I don't know about you, but sometimes I've prayed and asked God for signs like Gideon did. Maybe you've done the same. You don't want them. They're creepy, man. I, like, jumped out of my chair. I was like, oh, I don't, li- I, I like that, but I don't know what I think about that. And that's why in the Bible when God shows up, he always has to say, don't be afraid. <laughs> it's okay. I won't kill you, you know. We'll be careful what we wish for. But in that day, that number 22 became my favorite number. It became precious to me. And it, I, I, what also happened that day, again, it wasn't like, and then after that everything was great. No, it's just like, it gave me just the bump. It just gave me that boost of confidence, right? That I'm not afraid of the number 22. We'll, we'll have 22 again. We might have less. That's fine. Because what 22 means to me is that's God's way of saying to me, Josh, I am able to do big things. With the things that you deem small, what you call small, I'm able to do big things through. That's the truth. It's the same with you. What's that say? What, what's that say? God doesn't need us to be completely confident in what he can do. He just needs this, He just needs you to be a little bit more confident than you are right now. And here's my prayer for you this morning. 30 seconds. If not in this time, we always do the songs after the sermon, the three, the, the majority of our singing, because it's such a great time to respond and to pray and to think. And my prayer for you today is that maybe even in the next three songs, 30 seconds, I want you to ask the Lord for a glimpse. I want you to ask the Lord to see that you might be able to see yourself the way that he sees you. Because the honest truth is, and this is a big statement, but I think that 30 seconds, this is how powerful I think God is, I think that 30 seconds of, of true clarity could unravel years of depression and desperation and darkness. I believe that. I've seen it. Just a glimpse can change a lot, and at the very least, a glimpse can give you what you need for today and tomorrow. So let's pray. Let's ask the Lord for that, shall we? God, I pray that we might be able to see ourselves the way you see us. Some of us maybe have never had that before, and some of us it's been so long that we've forgotten what it feels like. Would you answer that prayer? If not this morning in the next couple of days, would, would you give us the courage, Lord, if it if it doesn't happen this morning as we're as we're as we're singing, Lord, remind us this afternoon, remind us tomorrow morning as we wake up. Thirty seconds. And for those of us who are having a hard time, and sometimes, Lord, you, you come and you, you, um, you sh- it's kind of like a one-on-one thing that you show us who we are just through little things. But if, if my friends are anything like me, a lot of times it takes somebody else. It's somebody else speaking into my life. Would you give us the courage to go seek that out? To go to somebody who's further along in this journey and say, Hey, listen, I, I, I'm not seeing it. Will you help me see it? I, I need a glimpse. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for not giving up on us. Thank you for using Gideon's. Thank you that we're confident in you sometimes and you love us the same. Amen. You may stand.